we consecrate this teaching tonight to our Blessed Mother as one with the Holy Spirit. And we ask you, Our Lady, through the intercession of Pope John Paul II, to help this little mustard seed grow in perfect faith and hope during the times that we have entered. And tonight's meditation is focused on the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 4, verse 13 and 18 to 22. St. Paul writes, For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead. For he was about a hundred years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver. Concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. These words are so powerful from the scriptures because they really illustrate, they give us like a painting of what faith is, what faith looks like. And I just feel it's so amazing to ponder the faith of Abraham. I mean, humanly speaking, what God was telling him was impossible. We all know at a certain point, that's it. You can't have any more children. The body changes. So, what God is telling Abraham, humanly speaking, is impossible. But Abraham believed. Considering the impossibility of it, he believed. And these words are important for us. He hoped against hope. And then he says, no distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God. Nothing, no distrust made him waver. He was so adamant in believing what God had promised. And then he said, St. Paul says, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. That's important to us. As we give glory to God in our faith, believing in the impossibility 
of what God has promised us, that constant glory and hope strengthens our faith. So then comes our blessed mother, even greater than Abraham. And in Luke chapter 1, verse 45, Elizabeth proclaims the words, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Again, God speaks through the angel. It's a message beyond our human understanding. How can she conceive a child of the Holy Spirit with no relations with a man? And Mary believes. Now, in June 23rd of this year, 2021, our Lord spoke. And he said this. You, my little one, and the few following my simple path to union with God. Are God's force to defeat Satan and pierce the darkness of his destruction in souls. Your faith is needed to live in the power of God. My community, God has been making us pretty amazing promises from the beginning. We, a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of simple men and women, living very, very ordinary lives. God is saying, if you believe you are being given the power of God as my victim souls to pierce the darkness of Satan, that's amazing. In the dialogue of St. Catherine of Siena, God speaks to St. Catherine about faith. And God the Father said to her, Such a soul acts imperfectly, for she has not yet unwound the bandage of spiritual self-love. For has she unwound it, she would see that in truth, everything proceeds from me that no leaf of a tree falls to the ground without my providence and that what I give and promise to my creatures, I give and promise to them for their sanctification, which is the good and the end for which I created them. Pretty much God the Father is saying, everything I do, everything I promise is for our good. Have we gotten to the point in this community where we truly glorify God in everything, especially the difficulties and trials? Because in that, God is perfecting us He's sanctifying us. He's making us perfect in him. So I went to the Catechism of the Catholic Church 
to see what our beautiful catechism says about faith. And again, the catechism elaborates on Abraham and our blessed mother. And on number 144, it says, to obey in faith is to submit freely to the word that has been heard because its truth is guaranteed by God who is truth itself. Abraham is the model of such obedience offered us by sacred scripture. The Virgin Mary is its most perfect embodiment. Now it's beautiful because the catechism of the Catholic church unites the virtue of obedience and faith. And Jesus taught us, it's in our path, that poverty, the virtue of poverty brings forth chastity. And chastity brings forth obedience, which is the essence of love. Adam brings about sin through his disobedience to God. Jesus Christ, through perfect obedience to the will of God, he restores all things. So to have more and more perfect faith and hope is to live more and more in perfect obedience to the will of God. In number 145 in the catechism, it says, the letter to the Hebrews in its great eulogy of the faith of Israel's ancestors lays special emphasis on Abraham's faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was to go. So many times God acts in our lives and he calls us to do things that are difficult, that move us out of our comfort zones. And it is in this listening to the voice of God, listening to the movements of the spirit, and we are obedient that we grow in greater faith. It's never easy. I'm here looking at Juliana, thinking of the whole process of her, of her moving to Georgia. When you hear her story, it's so beautiful because God was speaking to them powerfully giving them signs and wonders. But it was still a leap of faith to trust in the voice of God and go to a new state, a new environment, away from the family, away from their friends. Never easy. I remember when the Lord started to move Father Jordy also, away from here to Georgia to give himself fully to love crucified, it was a total 
leap of faith. It's scary. It's hard. It's difficult. But how powerful when we respond. Because everything that God moves us to do will bring us to true happiness. By faith, he lived as a stranger and pilgrim in the promised land. By faith, Sarah was given to conceive the son of the promise. And by faith, Abraham offered his only son in sacrifice. Imagine the faith of Abraham that even when God asked him to sacrifice his son, he was going to do it. And because of that, God greatly exalted him. Imagine that kind of faith. That is the faith that we are called to have. That is the faith that moves mountains. That is the faith that I am here to challenge all of us that we need to have in these times we've entered. In number 146 of the catechism, it says, Abraham thus fulfills the definition of faith in Hebrews. Chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. As I was organizing this teaching, I thought a lot about Jack and Micah and, and Amy and Thea, these two families. They were given a, the mandate. You either get vaccinated. They both work for the federal government in the United States. Or you lose your jobs. These couples had to start really listening to their conscience. And they both determined that this is not the will of God for them. So by faith, they had to follow. They have had to follow the voice of God telling them no. And it is not easy. I've had the honor of reading the exemption, the religious exemption Amy sent me today and Father Ron to, to pray and help them discern. And my heart goes out. These are both families with a lot of children, a lot of bills. And yet I'm amazed at their faith and their hope that God is guiding them. That God is not going to desert them. So as a community, we need to pray for one another. We need to support them. We need to intercede for them. And finally, in number 148, the catechism speaks of our blessed mother. And it says, the Virgin Mary most perfectly embodies the obedience of faith. By faith, Mary welcomes the tidings and promise brought by the angel Gabriel, believing that with God, nothing will be impossible. And so giving her assent, behold, 
I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. Wow, what perfect faith. How much we need our Blessed Mother to help us grow in greater faith. And then in 149, it says, throughout her life and until her last ordeal, when Jesus, her son, died on the cross, Mary's faith never wavered. She never ceased to believe in the fulfillment of God's word. And so the church venerates in Mary the purest realization of faith. Our Blessed Mother, help us grow in your kind of faith. Grant us the grace to believe my family believe. Those are significant words to this community. Believe my daughter, believe. Believe my son, believe. So I want to go and remind you, because that is what I'm called to do, help constantly remember what our Lord has said to us, the promises he has made to this community for the church, that we are called to have the faith and the hope because we don't yet see it, but to have the perfect faith on what God has said to us. October 10th of 2014, Jesus said, do you believe my little one, all that I have spoken to you throughout all these years? Believe the promises of God and you will see the glory of God unfold before your eyes. The spirit, the power of the love of the father and son will set the world ablaze with his fire. Through the power of all my victim souls consumed in my sacrifice of love. Do we have the perfect faith that the world is going to be set on fire through our victim souls? In September 13, 2011, the Lord said, I will make all things new through the triumph of my cross, which is the triumph of love. Do we have faith and give glory to God that as we're seeing the destruction of the world and church, God is making it new, a new world and a new church Filled with the Holy Spirit on fire. That is what's coming from the darkness right now. Do we have that faith and hope? Because if we do, then we live each day glorifying and thanking God. But what do we have to do? What did Abraham do? I, Lord, us and each of you every day have to say, thank you, Jesus. In the midst of all these struggles, in the midst of this darkness, in the midst of a crumbling church, you are making all things new. I don't see it yet. I only see everything crumbling. But my faith is that it's coming. 
and I and no one, because you are God, is making this come through, is making this come true. That's the faith and hope we're called to have, my family. In 2013, December 26, he said, the hidden life of suffering, the oppression of other souls with me, will obtain for you the crown of glory. Do you realize the Lord has made us the promise that we're going to go straight to heaven? We're going to die as saints if we persevere. Do we have that faith as we see our misery, as we see our brokenness, as we see our sinfulness? Do I thank God every day that he is making me pure and holy a saint? That's what he's promised us. He wants us to have the faith of Our Lady and Abraham. In 2016, December 12th, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, when we went to the Basilica in Mexico, our Blessed Mother made us a promise. She said to us, receive the crown of glory reserved for the martyrs of Christ's love. Do not be afraid during the time of the great trial that must come upon the world, for I am with you. You have followed me to the altar of sacrifice. It is here in the perfect sacrifice of the mass that I am forming you as God's holy warriors of love to fight the final battle. Remain with me in the perfect sacrifice of my son and you will receive the crown of glory. Do we have faith? Do we hope against all hope? We go now a minute to Romans 5. Right after St. Paul speaks about faith, he speaks about hope and suffering. And he says this in verse 2 through 5. We rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Suffering is part of life. Have we got into the point that our faith is so strong that when the sufferings come, we rejoice? 
because we know the blessing of the suffering. Mary's life was full of sufferings. Mary had to go to another country, Egypt. Mary had to suffer greatly. Mary had to watch her son be crucified. Yet those sufferings lived in faith in the perfect will of God. She participated in the redemption of mankind. That's what our suffering's doing. Each of our sufferings is perfecting us in faith, hope, and love, and granting us the grace to participate with Mary in the redemption of the world. We need to rejoice. Jack is suffering. Amy is suffering. But their faith, that suffering is being used to pierce this darkness. Because what they're suffering is the darkness of Satan. But by suffering it with faith and hope, they are participating as warriors in the battle against evil. Praise be to God, along with everyone else in this family that's being persecuted. So I go to the ending. The Lord said to us in March 8th, 2011, I promise I will grant you the grace of transformation. Another promise. It is my new disciples that I myself am preparing and training, united as one with the Holy Spirit and my mother, that will cleanse my church and bring forth from the depth of my cross the new Pentecost with the reign of the immaculate heart of my mother. In 2012, he said, I promise you another promise. My humble ones that as the darkness consumes the world, you will be consumed by the fire of God, the Holy spirit. You will be the first fruits of the new Pentecost. That's a powerful promise that we will be the first fruits of the new Pentecost. 